Hello. Hi. I'm Shannon. I'm Emma. And welcome to this podcast, Doesn't Exist. Did you like our joke? Did you laugh? We thought we were so funny. We're so good. We're so good at pranks. (laughs) Pranks. Jokes. Did you ever like pull an April Fool's like prank when you were a kid? Probably not. I feel like that is some some person with sibling behavior. Like, because I think, or I think if one of my parents had been like a prankster, but neither of them really are. Yeah. You know? That's totally fair. Or like, I could see my dad doing it, but my mom, I don't think would, she, like, she wouldn't be mad, but she like, she'd be like, all right, guys, good. You did it. Very funny. Okay. You know? Yeah. I just, just, the vibes aren't there. I can totally see that. I remember I tried, like I had a a dollhouse when I was a kid and I had like the dollhouse, like silverware Mm -hmm. and plates and stuff. And I attempted to hide all of the, like, real silverware and plates and replace it with the dollhouse ones. But I had nowhere to put oh, any, of the, <laughs> their, any of the, like, real plates. So they just, like, kinda, under like, your blankets with you. I just kind of, like, tucked in them into a different, like, section of the kitchen. It was impossible. I don't know why I even tried it. But I was, I was proud of myself for, like, a day. And then, of course, I did, which was my mother's idea. So, Mom, I blame you if you remember this. But I was, like... I think it was when I was like 17 or 18 and it was April Fool's and my mom made me call my grandmother, made me call Noni and tell her that I was pregnant. No. And Noni was like, oh, yay. Like being very sweet and supportive. And then I was like, April Fool's. And she was like, oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Which I appreciated. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Um, Before we move on it is not my story it is jake's story however it makes me giggle every time he tells it because he did pull an april fool's joke on his family where he unscrewed all of the light bulbs in the house and hid them and then forgot where he hid them jake (laughs) so that it was he when he was like oh haha i was the one that did this when all got dark and they were like what's happening we can't turn on any lights he was like ha and they were like great now where where are our light bulbs because we don't have like a light bulb to replace every single light bulb in the house (laughs) i didn't remember where they were there are only so many places you can hide 20 light bulbs he says he thinks he remembers hiding one underneath the couch cushions because someone sat down and it like like a sound happened and he was like i'm not telling anybody <laughs> oh so he hid them individually yes he didn't hide them he all in one place a it was like he unscrewed of light bulbs. it and hid it unscrewed it and hid it so he didn't remember all of the places that he hid them so what I'm hearing is if you and Jake decide to have children, he should not be in charge of the Easter egg hunt. <laughs> Correct. He There's... will be able to participate, even if he does set it up, because he'll be like, I don't remember where I, I put remember them all, where I put so them. I'm going to hunt for them now. <laughs> but I have a feeling, so there's an episode of Parks and Rec where uh, they are hosting an Easter egg hunt. The Parks Department is hosting an Easter egg hunt, and none of the kids can find any eggs, and it like goes to a talking head of one of the like staff, and he goes, oh, yeah, I, for- I forgot to hide those. And so it's just all these kids like looking so hard desperately for these eggs i feel like that would be me (laughs) like i would somehow forget the one thing that i was supposed to do dang Dang it it. so we hope you enjoyed your april fools if you are a prankster or not yes we enjoyed ours we did we had a good a grand old time it was it was good it was good gus he's still learning you know we all start somewhere 
and you know we're we're totally okay with some of the like fumbles and you know we're we're here for support yeah you know it's an unpaid internship so we can't really complain. we can't really be too harsh on him and he, he only he's here all the time he's here all the time and yet he only really shows up half the time uh i mean being totally transparent i wish that he would show up more but what can you do yeah you're you're right <laughs> it was a really good joke thank you <laughs> thanks uh, all right. Uh, well, since Gus isn't here to do our housekeeping, Emma, where can the people find us? You can find us at thispodcastdoesn'texist.com. Dot com. Are you ready? I think so. Okay. I, I hope so because I'm going. Is I'm... it? Is it? Is it spooky? No. Is it? Is it like? I was gonna have to say mysterious. I hope so. <laughs> no. It's just I'm reading the Encyclopedia <laughs> Britannica to you for 35 minutes. Oh, delightful. I'd actually really like that. <clears throat> the only type of ASMR that you want. It's <laughs> just truly. boring audiobooks to boring. make you fall asleep. Yes. Um, Best right. ASMR. Well, the next time you're feeling insomniac. Insomniac. Insomniatic. <laughs> yeah. I'll just, you'll just be like, ring, ring, and I'll just come and I'll crack open next to your bed. <laughs> like a little headlamp. I'm just like, <clears throat> A. <laughs> a little, a lot. Okay. Well, mm. today's subject actually had its debut on a previous episode, <gasps> but you should still love her, it, you should, yeah. I'm hoping that the repeat won't have you seeing red, because that would be really bad for my reputation. Ah, I know what we're doing! Guess it's time for me to be fearless and speak now, because my real friends know that I will tell you about this folklore forevermore. Party like it's 1989, friends, because today I'm back with more theories about Miss Taylor Allison Swift. <laughs> it was really good. Thank you. I, you texted me, I'm really proud of my intro, and you should you should be. I don't remember texting you that, but yes, I am. I am, in fact. Pulling up proceeds. <laughs> uh, uh, last night I was very tired, but forcing myself to start my research. My research. Research. I will point out that she technically is now Dr. Swift because she's oh, yeah. receiving an honorary doctorate from NYU. You know, Stephen would, I think, be sad if I neglected to mention that. I did text him. I'm glad. As a resource. I was like, hi, I need any of the, What's the hot goss? What's up? I love it. I can't, I can't find it, but I, fe- I, I thought you sent it to me. <laughs> what is happening? Wow. I, I was just telepathically so excited that I it guess. beamed into your brain. <laughs> I can't genuinely, genuinely cannot, cannot find it. I have no clue. I mean, to be fair, we have conversations going on like four different apps. That's true. It might so be on a different app. It might be on Instagram. It might be somewhere else. Uh, um, maybe Instagram. I will say, okay, so as a, a hailer... Uh, child of divorce, <laughs> it felt only right to balance out my pre-order of Harry Styles' new album with some more T-Swift love. Today, April 1st, when we're recording this, friends, if you are not aware, um, Harry dropped his first single off his new album. It's very exciting. Uh, the music video is very cool, too. So Ooh. highly recommend. Watch that after you listen to this. Okay. As you may recall... Miss Swift 
is a notorious lover of leaving Easter eggs and clues throughout her music, album art, online presence, and even interviews that she conducts. Luckily, this episode will have a lot less alleged vehicular manslaughter, so <laughs> thank goodness. stay tuned for that. Thank goodness. Okay, so up first. For those of you who were living under a rock, or at least not working in an indie bookstore back in 2020, here's a quick refresher. Taylor dropped two surprise albums in 2020. Folklore dropped on July 24th, and Evermore followed on December 11th. The lead singles from each album, Cardigan and Willow, respectively, opened at number one on the Billboard Hot 100, the same week their parent albums debuted atop the Billboard 200. This made Taylor the first artist to debut atop both the U.S. singles and albums charts simultaneously, as well as being the first to do it twice. That's so cool. What an icon. What a queen. Each album sold over 1 million units worldwide in its first week, with Folklore selling 2 million. Folklore broke the Guinness World Record for the highest first-day album stream by a female artist on Spotify and was the best-selling album of 2020 in the U.S. At the 2020 American Music Awards, Taylor won three awards, including Artist of the Year, for a record third consecutive time. That is consecutive. Yes. Whoa, I didn't know that. Queens stay winning, you know. Uh, Folklore won Album of the Year at the 63rd Annual Grammy Awards, making Taylor the first woman in history to win the award three times. So cool. And she's only 32, y'all. What the heck? Yeah. All in all, 2020 was a great year for Taylor Swift. I wrote, what did you do with your quarantine time? Hmm? Nothing. Absolutely (laughs) nothing. I have done nothing. Some fans theorize, however, that these two sister albums are not alone. That a third album called Woodvale exists that is simply awaiting its time to shine. The buzz around another album began just hours after the surprise release of Evermore, with some fans even pointing to Taylor's announcement tweet as evidence. And I'm going to read you the tweet. Okay. Well, part of the tweet. Okay. To put it plainly, we just couldn't stop writing songs. To try and put it more poetically, it feels like we were standing on the edge of the folklorian woods and had a a choice to turn and go back or to travel further into the forest of this music, we chose to wander deeper in. Woods, forest, wood veil, just saying. <laughs> the fans. I did not pick up on that, so thank you. The fans weren't pulling this theory from just anywhere, however. Okay. The word wood veil is literally on one of the covers of folklore. So she released multiple editions of the album with different photographs and mm-hmm. different vinyl color, like colors of the records. So one of them actually, if you zoom in, says Woodvale in the same font. Fans initially thought that it could be a song, but when no Woodvale appeared on the track list forevermore, the conspiracy wheels started spinning. Because mm-hmm. they were like, why was that on Folklore if it's not going to yeah. be on um on evermore there are also possible ties between taylor's personal life and the word woodvale apparently 
It's a street or area in London where Miss Swift is known to spend a lot of time with her own London boy, Joe Alwyn. Aww. On top of that, a fan noticed that this very specifically named property, or a very specifically named property, just sold in the Lakes District, which she wrote about on Folklore. And here's the tweet from this fan. OMG, Woodvale is literally a property in the Lakes District near Lake Windermere, and it has been sold? Taylor, I see you. So, just interesting. Do we know who bought it? No, but she has a lot of money. Oh, that's fair. Question mark, question mark. Around this time, Taylor's merchandise had been issued in sets of three with a distinct color for each item. Yeah. Her hair scrunchies were red, green, and blue, while her cardigan sweaters were black and white, beige and red, and gray and green. She also released a red candle for Folklore and a green candle for her recent Evermore album, but has yet to release a blue candle. Perhaps the blue candle is reserved for Woodvale? Some fans also think Swift's three cats play a small role in the theory. Small. No, I think that they're the masterminds. <laughs> While Olivia Benson and Meredith Grey are sisters. I love the fact that she's named them that. It's right? so good. Her newest cat, Benjamin Button, is their brother. Taylor specifically referred to Evermore as the sister album to Folklore. But what if Woodvale is the brother album? Aw, that'd be cute. All her babies. It's also worth noting that Olivia, Meredith, and Benjamin were wearing green, red, and blue on her holiday card. So it matches the scrunchies. Were they sweaters or were they collars? I don't know. I'll look it up. Thank you. Text me when you edit this. Thanks. (laughs) I need to know. One fan did some additional Google Maps digging for evidence and tweeted, quote, Hello, in Reading, PA, where Taylor grew up, I just found a Methodist church and a few schools right by Woodvale Ave. And then it's referring to the lyrics, I parked my car right between the Methodist and the school that used to be ours from Tis the Damn Season off of Evermore. Aww. What are the chances? Why That's would there really be cool. a Woodvale in her hometown by a church and the school that she writes about in a song? Huh? <laughs> Just saying. I really love, I, you guys can't see this, but I really love that every time Shannon goes to speak directly into her mic, the pop filter like makes the half of her face disappear. So all I can see are her very wide eyes going, huh? The huh? fanatical eyes. <laughs> History would have, have you, you believe. believe. <laughs> Folklore, the album, also introduces a fictional love triangle with each person getting their own song, thus introducing this idea of trios of threes. It seems very prevalent, especially with the merchandise. That specifically to me says more than the rest of Mm -hmm. this. This theory appeared to be debunked, however, when Taylor addressed the rumors during an appearance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. Of course she'd say it wasn't true. Quote, I tend to be annoyingly secret agenty about dropping clues and hints and Easter eggs, and it's very annoying. But it's fun for fans, and it's fun for me because they like to pick up on things. 
And sometimes I take it too far and I make a mistake. Basically, when I was making Folklore, I was too afraid to even unveil the title of the album to even my closest teammates in management. I didn't tell anyone the album title until right before it came out. And so I came up with a fake code name that had the same amount of letters as Folklore. I chose a random name. I chose Woodvale. I wanted to see how it would look on the album covers, mocked them up, and then decided I don't actually want to have a title on the album cover. And we forgot to take the fake code name off one of them. I feel like no, you didn't. Some fans refused to see the Woodvale for the trees, however. Nice. Very good. Thank you. Some made the point to mention that while Taylor denied the existence of Woodvale, she didn't specifically deny the possibility of a third sibling album. Yeah. Some even found that if you searched Woodvale on Spotify, Taylor's name would come up. (laughs) That feels like so many people had been linking it, though, that Spotify was like, well, sure. But how would you know? Like, if you typed it in and nothing came up, how would you connect? I don't know. How would you connect it? Basically, the fans weren't buying it. I think it would be just like Taylor to let everyone get tied up in knots over the release of her re-recordings. We'll get there. And then, bam, drop a third quarantine and album just when we've all forgotten slash calmed down. That, I mean, she's a good businesswoman and she fully understands how the music industry works. So this feels potentially true to me. I think the thing that I'm really sticking to, though, is the merchandising, because that feels like a very obvious thing, especially if there's, like, two candles that have already been released that have the same colors as, like, everything else that has been released as merchandise, but one of them is missing. That feels very... Like, why, like, why would, would you pick a third color? Why wouldn't you already... Like, why wouldn't you release a another candle that's just, like, wanting to release another one? Like, Well, it, and I... <sighs> There's like literally no reason to be like, oh, well, there need to be three. Because I'm like, no, they're not. you have us in such a death grip, Taylor Allison Swift, that people would just buy a single scrunchie. Yeah. They don't need to be like, oh, well, for that price, I need three. I mean, that's what I would do. But everything, everything sells out. Because yeah. you also don't know if it's going to be restocked, if it's going to come back. Da, da, da. Like, she, again, a, a genius. A brilliant businesswoman. She I knows will what say, she's doing. I will say, though, her merch team garbage the way oh stuff shows up damaged late some people are still waiting for their red merchandise and that came out in like november whoa yeah but it's like a different it's like her music management is one thing and then her merch management anyway all right that might be a supply chain issue too yes but anyway so the next theory yes the joe bros return Parentheses, but Shan is still mad at Nick. Well, Shannon will always be mad at Nick, but we've Correct. already established that on this podcast. Also, can I tell you what I titled my notes? What? T Swift 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> Why didn't you lead with that? Uh, I don't Well, because I had such a. I couldn't give it away. Oh, I had to do true. my you whole paragraph. Your, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. Okay. So the Joe Bros are, are back, but are like no longer back like i don't really know what's happening with them right now okay well i know that doesn't matter sorry that's just my own thing i've got one word for you emma Mm. pizza say what now let me explain (laughs) thank you (laughs) i was genuinely like we're not Uh, having pizza for dinner what okay 
Taylor and Joe Jonas, famously dated back in their teens. So you maybe wouldn't expect a collaboration between the two, but the Swifties think otherwise. Mm-hmm. I remember this. In September of 2021, Taylor surprised fans with a re-release of her song, Wildest Dreams, Taylor's version, from originally off the album, 1989. And this was surprising because she had already announced that Red was going to be re-released. So we were like, what now? But the reason she did this is because it was going viral due to a TikTok trend, and it's likely she wanted to capitalize on on that with her own re-recording rather than the Big Machine Records edition because we hate them, they suck, and they don't like women. So boo. You should all go into your Spotify or your Apple Music or your YouTube Music if you're a weirdo. And any Taylor Swift song that has a Taylor's version, you need to replace that on your, we don't listen to the originals anymore. We don't give Scooter money because he's trash. Okay. Okay? Okay. Good. All right. So she announced the song's release with a TikTok of her own that featured a very particular video glitch. And if we've learned anything, it's that nothing is an accident with no. Taylor Allison Swift. That, I, I know that out of, out of the two of us. I've taught you well. Yeah. On September 29th, Nick Jonas posted his own TikTok that featured a similar glitch. When fans called him out in the comments asking who was responsible for the chaotic editing of the video, he posted a video reply using Taylor's song, Me, featuring Brendan Urie of Panic at the Disco, in the background. Coincidence? Even more damning, in the video, he took a bite of pizza. Taylor herself commented, iconic pizza emoji. The wow. plot thickens. Wow. Okay. I... Shh, Emma. <laughs> What's the big deal about pizza? Well, let me tell you. <laughs> Earlier in 2021, Taylor appeared on Stephen Colbert's show, making a point to bring up the topic of pizza several times throughout the interview, even pointing it out on a vision board that she was sharing in the interview. She connected it to a job that Colbert had working in a pizza shop. Back in the year 1989. That's hilarious. I wonder if Stephen Colbert was in on it. I wonder. <gasps> that would be the best thing ever if Stephen Colbert knew more about Taylor Swift's Easter eggs than the rest of the world. Stephen Colbert that. would hold. I would trust Stephen I, Colbert. Exactly. With you my those, secrets. You know those videos of like uh, the men I would trust with, uh, to hold my drink. <laughs> right. At a party. Yeah. That, Stephen Colbert would be on the top of my list. Checks out. I love him. So Taylor's song Style from yes. the album 1989 was released on National Pizza Day back in 2015. And her secret album listening sessions were known as pizza parties. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, now it feels more conspiratorial. Her most recent album, Red, Taylor's version, was even released on November 12th, which was National Pizza Day in 2021. Just saying. I just, I really appreciate that Taylor's like, what can I do to mess with them? Truly. What can I do? Truly. The, the number one emoji in my Taylor Swift fan group that I'm part of, the clown emoji. Because we all just put on our clown makeup. We're like, well, this is the theory today. And then nothing <laughs> happens and we're like, clowns. We're all clowns. She's just <laughs> laughing at us. 
Okay. But Joe Jonas Mm -hmm. also got in on the pizza shenanigans. On September 30th, he uploaded a series of Instagram photos with the caption, quote, looking for pizza emoji. Hilariously, Zach and Maggie of Try Guys fame can be seen in the background of at least one of those photos. So a lot of the comments are just about them. They're like, oh my God, Zach and Maggie. We love that. I'm like, the Try Guys are like pretty famous yeah, for yeah. like, you know, we, we, but like, you know, for a certain demographic, they're famous. So I just, I just thought That's that was funny. So funny. Okay. But then on October 5th, Joe uploaded a TikTok with the caption, maybe I should have said no to this. Once again, this caption set off alarm bells for Swifties who know all too well that Taylor has a song in her debut album called Should Have Said No. Which she should have gone home. <laughs> which she even performed with the Jonas Brothers back in 2009. Oh my gosh, I remember that. On November 13th, Joe attends Taylor's episode of Saturday Night Live with his wife, Sophie Turner. Who I, I love that woman. She's also a Swifty. She's the she, most beautiful person on the planet. So on Fearless, Taylor's version, we got a new song from The Vault, Mr. Perfectly Fine, which is about Joe Jonas. Yeah. And how he broke up with her in a 27-second phone conversation when they were teenagers. Um, she says Mr. Perfectly Fine 27 times in the song. Sophie Turner shared the song on her Instagram story with the caption, It's not not a bop. <laughs> Which I love how much roasting must happen in that marriage. I, the vibes, Nick and Priyanka, weird vibes. Sophie and Joe, immaculate yeah it's so it's sophie and joe to me have a similar vibe that ryan reynolds and uh blake lively Lively have also very close fans of taylor swift yes that's what i mean is that they're like it's she she very carefully chooses her friends let's say that it's true and they i appreciate that these marriages that i mean obviously we're looking at them from the outside they they seem fairly stable so far as we can see but like the fact that they are outwardly roasting each other all of the time tells me that they're like good-natured people yeah and i appreciate it yeah i appreciate it shout out to you all we know you listen yeah okay so then on Mm. november 18th nick uploads a tiktok where he's flipping through this, like, unauthorized biography thing titled The Ultimate Guide to Nick Jonas. Which I find hilarious. I mean, I feel like they have to be, like, the unauthorized. Yeah, being like, I did not write this. Right. At several points in this video, he stops and he gives, he, like, spends a little more time on pages that feature the Jonas Brothers hanging out with Taylor Swift. Oh. So. Hmm. I personally am torn. Like, maybe it's all just a bit of fun, mm. but maybe there's something else. I think the Colbert interview seems to point to 1989 being the next re-recording to come out. Is that in the in line with the, like... So, right now, she... So, Fearless was first, yeah. which was her second album, third album. I'm a fake fan. But, like, kind of early, and then Red, I think, came after. So maybe she's doing, like, her most popular first? Maybe. We don't. We don't. Okay. That's but fair. So you can't ask her. Colbert had a lot of 19, uh, 1989 energy. But I think that maybe a potential Joe Bros collab would be pointing to Speak Now. 
Yes. Because Joe is supposedly the yeah, subject yeah, yeah. of the song Better Than Revenge, which is off of Speak Now. Because those are the two that people keep going back and forth. Like, there have been Easter eggs for both, which we'll get to at a later point in time. Oh, not today? Not today. Ooh! All right. So next, the next theory we're going to unpack. A different secret album? Question mark, question mark. What? Another one? That's right. Move aside, Woodvale. There's a new sister in town. <laughs> TikTok user, the Thrifty Swifty, which uh, what a good clever. name. Very clever. She got our minds spinning with a new theory earlier this year. That Taylor had already recorded and was ready to release a new album back in 2016, only to be derailed by her notorious feud with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian. Uh, That whole feud thing has got to be one of the, like, weirdest and funniest things on the planet. Kanye is just insane, though. We all know that. Yeah, I would say his mental health is not in a good place right now. Nor has it been for a very long time. That's fair. Trevor Noah had a really good, um, I think a really good take on the current situation Ooh. with um, I love Trevor with Noah. Kanye and Kim because, you know, oh, they're trying yeah. to get divorced. Kanye is kind of going and posting little, things. A little hostile. Sharing, he like shared the name of his daughter's school. Not okay. It's like, oh, you you don't want her on TikTok. But you okay? You're willing so, to put her in a horrible position. But everyone, that way. everyone's kind of like making jokes about it. And Trevor Noah, I he has a really good take of like, hi, um, we can both acknowledge that his behavior is kind of out of control and inappropriate, but also acknowledge that like he needs help and we should be helping him. And acknowledging it that it's like he's a he's a celebrity, yes, right. but he is also very publicly and obviously going through quite a bit and it has been unchecked for a very long time yes so check that out yeah i apologize for calling him insane too that's not what i meant (laughs) but no that's fair i mean i think it's one of those words it's a it's a an ableist term that slips into our just common parlance it does so it's i know it's something i've been trying to in my personal I've been I've been saying a lot of like that is bananas or that is banana <laughs> pants. I don't know where banana pants. I don't came know where from, banana pants but came it's from been either. My, it's been my stand-in for insane. Whatever that um, link was that you shared with me. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Like, we should put that in the show notes. If you can find it. <laughs> well, I, you sent it to me on Zoom, so I ca- I can't go it's back. Gone. It's gone for good. I'll try I'll, and remember because I. It was while I was at work. Yeah, it's probably um, in there somewhere. But it has it has good alternative terms as well as describing why the term that certain might be, terms are problematic. Yeah, yeah. problematic. So I want to say I know that one of the resources, um, a peek behind the curtain. I've been doing mm. a lot of uh, DEI, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion research for my job, uh, my marketing job. One of the sources is called the Conscious Style Guide. Ooh. And that's the only one that I can remember the exact name of. Um, But they have some really good resources for a bunch of different age, religion, ability, sexuality, gender, like lots of good things. So if if you write a lot in your job or personal life, um, check it out. We we are all always learning. Okay. Thank you for that sidebar. Yes. (laughs) 
this this episode brought to you by DEI, how to be a less <laughs> potentially bad problematic person. person. <laughs> uh, okay, so this theory from the thrifty Swifty, still love it, love it, um, posits that Taylor's sixth album was supposed to be called Karma with many believing that it was going to have a pop rock sound to tie in with the edgy new look she debuted toward the end of her 1989 era. Mm. And for those of you who are not Swifties, let me just fill you in on some deets. Thanks. (laughs) Throughout her career, starting all the way back in 2006 and continuing through the release of 1989 in 2014, Taylor released an album every two years. Like clockwork. Okay. Every two years. A new release brought with it a new hairstyle and a shift in fashion for Taylor. Truly an era-based queen. So when you hear people talk about like, oh, her red era, oh, her 1989 era, it really is. Like you can look at photos and be like, oh, that's from red. Or like, oh, that's from 1989. Just because how she styles herself. It kind of reminds me of like Lady Gaga because of her like very distinct, these are very different genre albums. And that completely shifts the way that she, like, represents herself in them and the way that she dresses in them. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 1989 saw Taylor truly shift completely into the realm of pop music, really just leaving her country music roots behind. She'd been on that trajectory for a while. Like, Red has some more, like, country Mm -hmm. feeling songs, but also, like, I Knew You Were Trouble is, like, sort of, like, dubstep almost. Like I love it. We love it. So in April 2016, Taylor debuted a brand new look on the cover of Vogue, where she showed off an edgy, bleached, blonde bob haircut, and she had metallic clothing and very, like, edgy stuff. Um, This new hair color uh, had fans affectionately referring to this phase as bleachella, like bleachella. (laughs) She was also rocking a lot of looks that had a grunge style reminiscent of the 1990s, mm-hmm. which is very appropriate because what comes after 1989? 90s. 1990. And so this, paired with the more rock elements that she was experimenting with on tour, she even had Mick Jagger from the Rolling Stones as like a guest on her tour. I remember that. So all of this combined prompted fans to anticipate a more rock-influenced album. Which I will say, if we don't get, like, we did not, (sighs) when she was on tour for 1989, she started performing, like, a rock version of I Knew You Were Trouble, which is off red, but, you know, artists Mm -hmm. perform music from different albums when they're on tour. And she didn't put the rock version on Red Taylor's version. If we don't get a re-record, like, a release of that version, I'm... Going to riot. Okay. Like, uh, just just uh, Shannon rioting <laughs> silently in the streets. <laughs> silently. I'm like, uh. All right. So we th- we think we're set up for this rock album, this grunge, but But later that year, Taylor faced huge public backlash when her feud with Kanye West and Kim Kardashian yeah. exploded off of the back of his single, Famous, Three months away from 1989's two-year anniversary. So around the time that we would have been anticipating a new album. Yeah. In February, Kanye releases the song, which includes the lyric, quote, I feel like me and Taylor might still have sex, 
why I made that witch famous. Editorializing by me. Yep. Kim and Kanye claimed that Taylor had approved this lyric. And Kim even dropped a video of the phone call between the two of them. And it, like, blew up online. I remember this. And the video never shows Kanye saying, hey, Taylor, I'm going to call you the B word. Like, yeah. So it's they're like, like they... she agreed to it, but we don't have proof that he told her exactly the whole what. Line. Yeah. Like, I cannot, I like, she was down to like kind of poke fun at their past because, for those of you who don't remember, back in 2009, I believe, um, he interrupted her accepting her award at the MTV Musical Video Awards. You know, you've heard it. Taylor, I'm going to let you finish, but Beyonce had one of the best videos of all time. I remember going onto Facebook after that happened and being like, oh my gosh. And like school the next day in high school. <gasps> the drama. Kind of like Will, when Will Smith smacked Chris Rock at the Oscars. <laughs> Literally. Um, okay, but so even though the video doesn't show Taylor agreeing to that lyric, people were calling her fake. The hashtag... Taylor Swift is over party was trending on Twitter. There were tons of snake emojis being thrown around by Kim Kardashian, by other people. As a result, Taylor completely retreated from the public eye for an entire year. She returned to social media in August 2017 to tease her new album, Reputation, with a series of snake videos as a direct reference to the fallout over the Kim Ye feud and her perceived reputation. One of the lead singles on the new album was the song, Look What You Made Me Do. Such a good, that is such a good song. It not only references a tilted stage that Kanye used on his tour mm-hmm. just before the release of the song, but also offered up more evidence of a scrapped album in its music video, which such a good music video. In that video, Taylor is seen portraying various iconic versions of herself throughout her career, such as the handwritten t-shirt girl from the You Belong With Me music video, the circus ringmaster costume from her Red Era, and even the young musician who was so rudely interrupted by Kanye West at the MTV Music Video Awards back in 2009. One figure, however, was not recognizable. Who is this version of Taylor and what was she supposed to represent? Hmm. Giant eyeballs behind the mic. (laughs) Perhaps even more damning, Taylor, in the video, is seen sawing the wings off of a plane with TS6 written on it. And then the next section is from BuzzFeed. Oh, oh, oh. Fans have long interpreted the scene to mean Taylor was forced to ground the sixth album that she'd planned to release in order to address her reputation on a different record entirely. Even more intriguing was the fact that at another moment in the video, this Taylor spray-painted the plane with the word reputation. In other words, literally rewriting her reputation with this new record instead of releasing the scrapped one from a year earlier. I love it when you can find an English major Unquote. in the wild. Right? I love it. I love it when an English major in the wild just goes, oh, I'm here. But like, what a good Let metaphor. Let me analyze this. Like, the plane can't fly without its wings. Yeah. Taylor Swift 6. Come on. Okay. The Easter 
Eggs. What are words? Easter <laughs> eggs. The Easter eggs for this mystery album continue into later albums and their music videos as well. For example, in the music video for The Man, which is such a good that good is, video, yeah. off of 2019's Lover album, Taylor, dressed in full male drag, drag king getup, can be seen urinating against a wall that is covered in graffiti. The graffiti is made up of all of Taylor's album names so far. But what is spray-painted alongside these album names? The word karma. Interestingly, karma fills the space on the wall between 1989 and Reputation, with a very prominent missing sign placed between the two back-to-back okay, albums. Okay, so she just totally told us. She right? absolutely told us. Also, I want to know if she, like, tells set designers, hey, the re... Like, I mean, probably she doesn't tell them the reason, but, like, they've got to know because they have to do it. I bet. I she bet. also directed the video, though. I bet, though, that those set designers are like, oh, my God, do you think... Do you think How tight is- are those NDAs? Oh, my... Like, oh, my gosh. Like, if They're you open so- your mouth... <laughs> You're, like, on a date and you're trying to be cool. You're, like, some guy that, like, works on a set. You, like, open your mouth to be, like, oh, yeah, so I worked on the video. And and you, like, hear click. Like, click, click. You turn and, like, Taylor Swift has a gun to your head. Like. What were you saying? What what was what, that? What were you saying, What Jake? was that, Rob? Oh, Jake. No, no, no. Jake's fine. Not your husband. Not my Jake. Sorry. I just Taylor Swift names. So I was, like. That's fair. Okay. So this. This missing karma situation. This echoes the lyrics from Look What You Made Me Do, where she's saying, all I think about is karma, as well as a scene from that video in which she wore orange while stuck inside a cage. Notably, karma is written on the wall twice in the man video, once where it's in between by the missing sign, but also one further up in orange. So that would probably be her color for that. Orange has not been associated with any of Taylor's other albums to date. So it's like, she's wearing orange, she's stuck in a cage, the album, it's stuck in a cage. Dramatic. I also read another thing, because if you look at the graffiti wall, up top is the second Karma, but then there's also a second 1989. So some people are speculating that she'll re-release 1989 as a double album of like, 1989 Taylor's version and Karma together. <gasps> and I'm like, we would die. We just That'd be amazing. We'd be done. Taylor herself seems to have left a trail of clues all the way back, even before the Kimye drama. Because mm. she does this. She likes to tease. She likes to confuse us. She likes to have us put on our clown makeup. <laughs> so in her 73 questions interview for Vogue which I love those, where they're just, like, walking through their house, like, answering Mm -hmm. casually. And I'm like, you definitely rehearse these, but it's fine. So Taylor's asked in that interview, quote, what do you think is the most important life lesson for someone to learn? Her response, quote, the karma is real. And while this could just be seen as, like, a little reference to the drama, some fans noticed that karma was purposely capitalized in the captions for Vogue's video, which implies that it's a title. And then I wrote in my notes, like, come on! (laughs) Come on! (laughs) 
During a performance at the 2019 American Music Awards, Taylor wore a white shirt printed with the titles of all of the albums she had previously released under Big Machine Records. Mm -hmm. At this point, she had announced her plans to re-record her albums to devalue the originals. I don't remember if I talked about this on the first Taylor episode, so if you don't know what I'm talking about, go Google it. You'll, I can't, you'll figure it out. You're smart. I believe in you. I believe in you. Fans were confused, however, because she was accompanied during this performance by eight young girls serving as dancers. They assumed that each girl was meant to represent an album that Taylor had recorded with Big Machine Records. So why were there eight instead of seven? Just saying. Taylor has previously hinted that karma is locked in a vault, not destroyed entirely. In fact, during one scene in the music video for Look What You Made Me Do, she can be seen in a literal vault while singing the lyric about karma. And finally, remember Taylor's distinctive 90s style that we mentioned earlier? Yes. The trend that she appeared to be showcasing ahead of her rumored karma era? Mm-hmm. Well, Taylor's 2020 album, Evermore, dropped a hint that that, that era, and presumably the album, will be making a comeback. Evermore opens with a track called Willow, which contains the lyric, quote, I come back stronger than a 90s trend. <laughs> so yeah, that's what we have. And then I have this addendum to my research. Okay. Bruh. Bruh. I kid you not. Literally 30 minutes before we started recording this, I got an email from Taylor's merch team that she's dropping new Evermore merch. The album has been seen as neglected by the fr- by the fans. Like, she hardly mentioned it on the one-year anniversary of the album. But now she's back with new merch? Randomly? I don't think so. Hashtag Woodville lives. Here's what I said. Is it National Pizza Day? I don't think so. Let's look it up. But that would be like 1989. No. It was on February 9th this year. Never mind then. Yeah. I don't make the rules. I know. So anyway, that is just a little taste of the chaotic secrecy that is Taylor Allison Swift. And uh, stay tuned for more. Very well done. Thank you. You're welcome. I I just thought I'd mix it up after last week's terrifying story. I mean, really, it was so scary. I scared you so hard. You scared me so bad. So hard, bruh. So hard, bruh. Bruh. Um, you know what time it is, Emma? What time is it? Summertime. It's a vacation. No. Oh. It's a mailbag moment. Mailbag moment.
Are you ready? I am. Gimme, gimme. Shimmy, shimmy. Shimmy, shimmy. Bop, 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 bop to the top. <laughs> this is the, uh, the High School Musical episode, didn't you know? <laughs> well, I mean, a high school friend uh, did, hey. did email in for our mailbag moment. It's a shorty. Um, Go shout. And that shouty it's is Sarah. Birthday. Go shot. Hey, Sarah. It's not her birthday. Her birthday's in June. Exactly. Yes, correct. Um, this was also sent to us on uh, Halloween of last year. Oh, nice. I think at some point we had been talking about Harry Potter and who was from where within uh-huh. the Harry Potter universe. Sure. So Sarah says, Seamus Finnegan is in fact the only character who is from Ireland. Luna Lovegood was actually born in Great Britain, according to Harry Potter Wiki. I have a lot of knowledge about Harry Potter just in my head, though the nationalities for all of the characters is definitely something that does not stay there for a long time. Love you. I love the fact that she she genuinely was like separate paragraph. I didn't. I, I had I to look know. this up. So. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for doing our research for us. Uh, we appreciate you. that. Thank you. Thank you. And if you want to send us something in that we will read at the end of our episodes, you can send that to this podcast doesn't exist. I was going to say slash. This podcast <laughs> doesn't exist at gmail.com. Dot com. Yeah. <laughs> slash. Slash Gmail. No, don't do that. What? Do it like a normal email would. Yeah. Um, but we would love to hear from you. Whatever the, that story is, it can be a ghost story. It can be doing our research for us. It can Please. be <laughs> any kind of anything, truly. What is what is your favorite Taylor Swift album? <gasps> yeah. Shannon will genuinely, like, eat those up. She'll be so happy. Chomp, chomp. Chomp, chomp. I almost did a slurp, but then I'm I... I'm so glad you did I didn't. decided not to. I'm so glad you remembered that I hate You're that. welcome. You know what you should also remember? This podcast doesn't exist. But, but those albums might. But Woodville totally does. <laughs> Karma. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay, bye. <laughs>